Amen. We're going to be in Ephesians chapter 5 tonight. We're going to take a, a week off of our Abraham series, and we're going to be in part of our summer series on By His Spirit. And so Ephesians chapter 5, and we will stand together and begin reading here in verse 15. And this is going to be a two-part message, and we might do this Sunday night. It's kind of what I'm praying for, uh, but if not, we'll do it next Wednesday night. Uh, but we're looking here at verse 15 through 17. And then we will look at verse 18 uh, before too long here, okay? Let's look there at verse 15. It says, See then that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time because the days are evil. Wherefore, be ye not unwise, but understanding what the will of the Lord is. We're going to look here tonight at the path to the Spirit-filled life. The path to the Spirit-filled life. Let's pray. Lord, we love you. God, we thank you, Lord, for who you are and what you did for us. God, and the privilege that it is to be in church. Pray that you be with us as we're looking here in, in the book of Ephesians tonight. God, I pray that you would open our hearts and minds to your word, and I pray that we would receive it, but as you've given it to us. And Lord, I pray to be with me as I preach. Pray that we'd be able to clearly, uh, Lord, just have exactly what it is you have for us tonight. We ask all this in Jesus' name. Amen. We are in vacation season. And uh, there's many different destinations for uh, many of us in here tonight. Some people may want something a little colder. Some people may uh, just want to go see something they haven't seen before. Some like to go to the beach. Uh, There's many different destinations for people all over the country, all over the world tonight. And with those different destinations, there are different routes to get to those different destinations. Uh, I've never seen the Grand Canyon. I've been all over the West and I've never seen the Grand Canyon, and we're hoping here in July to go for a few days and have a quick drive up there and, and see it with the kids and, and drive back. And I know to do that, I looked. We'd have to go north a little, for a little while until we hit I-40, and we'd be on that, and then a couple other, uh, t- couple other turns, and we'd be there. Uh, if we wanted to go to Colorado or Montana, we're going to Colorado with our youth here. In just a few weeks, we would, uh, many, many of us, to get to Colorado or to continue past that, would get on I-25 uh, at some point as we head north. Uh, I one day, and actually it's, it opened today, the, they have a, um, a somewhat of a lottery to see who can get into the Masters and be able to watch that golf event. And so I set my calendar June 1st. I can enter the uh, drawing for that, and if I get chosen, I have an opportunity to buy tickets for it. And if I did that, I would get on I-20. I would head east until I arrive in Augusta, Georgia. I thought that was pretty neat. Uh, really not many turns to get from here to there, even though it is quite a ways away. Um, if, I, if somebody wanted to vacation in the metropolis of Odessa, Texas, we would get out here and we would get on 191 and we would head west. Now, if we wanted to get to Odessa and we didn't head west on 191, no matter how good our intentions were to get there, unless we went west on 191, we would not arrive in Odessa. Certain paths take you to certain destinations. And there's a certain destination we've been preaching about and referring to all year this year, and that is for us as Christians to do things by His Spirit and to live with the Spirit of God, empowering us and, and leading us each and every step of our life. If you look in the book of Galatians chapter 5, he says, This I say then, walk in the Spirit, and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. And as Christians, it should be our desire to have spiritual victory. And it should be our desire to be able to live and continue when those temptations come, not to fall, 
but to walk in the Spirit of God and to be victorious in our Christian life. And that is a walk that every one of us need. And we look here in verse 18 and we understand the filling of the Spirit should be a goal of every one of us as Christians to be the Christians God would have us to be. And, but we understand without the Spirit of God, we won't have victory. And the lust will be too strong, the temptations will get us, and we cannot overcome the trials, we cannot overcome the temptations, we cannot be victorious in our life without the Spirit. But in order for us to continually be in a place of walking in the Spirit, there's a certain path to take. There's certain preparations, there's certain things that need to be done in our life to, to ensure that that is the life we are living and that is, the, that is how we are living and that is how we are indwelled each and every day. And as we look here in Ephesians chapter 5, beginning in verse 15, there's a path given that will be a help to us tonight. And as we look at this text, the first thing that we see about this path is that it is a, it is a cautious path. If you look there in verse 15, it says, See then that ye walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise. So Paul writes here to the church of Ephesus, and he says, See then that ye walk circumspectly. That word circumspect, circumspectly means diligent or accurate, precise. It also has the, the, the word that we would use for circumference, meaning a full circle. And if we are walking circumspectly, we are diligent and we are aware of all that is around us, all around. Whether it's behind, in front, to the side, we know what's going on and we are uh, diligently looking for certain things. Um, I don't think we have any... Uh, people in here that have walked a tightrope before maybe we have but if if you have ever seen anyone doing that that's really what Paul is referring to here the person on a, on a tightrope as they would they would begin they would take every step uh, precisely and they would pay attention to every step and one bad step on a tightrope and that the act is over it might still be a little entertaining it might catch our attention but it, it will be over and we must give attention in our life as we walk give attention to every single step that we take. No matter where you are in your life right now, no matter what your relationship with God looks like, you are one bad step away from a fall. And as we understand that thought tonight, we need to remember we have an enemy. And often we refer to uh, the, book of, the book of 1 Peter when he says the devil is walking about as a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. We, we understand tonight that the devil wants nothing more than to destroy your life and mine, than to cause us to fall. Look at James chapter 1 tonight. James chapter 1. The devil is, is setting traps and, and he's lying and wait to attack and destroy our walk with God. Just as the roaring lion, just as we look at that verse there. But as we look here in James chapter 1 in verse 14, it says, But every man is tempted when he is drawn away of his own lust and enticed. So as the devil comes in and tempts, we, we see there... That, that man is drawn away. That means to be lured from a hiding place. The, that word that he used there, and entice, that means to catch something by bait. So when the devil is trying to get us, when the devil does get us, he has lured us away from where we need to be. He has enticed us with some sort of bait to trap us. Just as a hunter would try to trap an animal, the Satan will do all he can to lure any of us away from what it is God wants us to do, from, from living as God would have us to live. And, and the devil knows what makes you tick. The, the devil knows those things that are attractive to us individually. Not all of us are tempted by the same thing. 
As my wife and I are both on a diet right now, and there's certain things that will catch her eye that don't catch my eye to eat. And there's certain things that will catch my eye that don't catch her eye to eat. I'm not, I'm, I really am not too tempted by desserts, but she'll tell you, lately I've had a, an addiction to individually wrapped Rice Krispie treats, and I can't explain it. Of all the desserts out there, those little blue rectangles, it's something that I see and I have to have one. And, and, and she likes to keep a big stash of them in there for me. And there's probably a camera uh, right up above it in the pantry right now. But I, I see those and I want one. And only one time this week did I give in to the temptation that was there. I didn't tell her that. She just found out. Okay. But the devil knows what makes us tick. He knows what is attractive to us. And, and whatever that is... Whatever it is that does tempt you, that is exactly what he's going to use. He knows those things that the Bible said doth so easily beset us. As we, as we look there at James chapter 1, what, is the, what does the other part of that verse say? We are drawn away of what? Our own lust. You know, the only reason that the devil has any power to deceive any one of us is because of the sin that dwells in each of our hearts. He's only able to tempt us to sin because the will and ability to sin already exist in your heart and in my heart. And understanding that tonight from time to time, and you may not be able to have to look back too far, but you can think of a moment where you gave in to the temptation. You can think of a moment where you did sin or where that, that trap that was in front of you, that lure that was there got you. And after the moment of acting on it, Sometimes when that happens, we think to ourselves right away, why was I so stupid? As soon, as soon as we give in, as soon as we give in the temptation and we sin, that comes to our mind. Why, did I, why would I do that? I know that's wrong. I know I shouldn't act that way. I know I shouldn't have done this or said that. We've all been there, and we all should feel bad about it. But the only reason you fell, the only reason I would fall is because we fell for the deception. We didn't watch our step. We weren't walking circumspectly. And we fell into the trap. And it's important for us to understand tonight two different things. First of all, Satan is deceitful. He's deceitful. And secondly, we are wicked. Not only is he deceitful, you are a sinner. And understanding those two things, if we walk understanding those two facts tonight, we can walk in caution and be cautious in every single step. What does the rest of that verse say back in Ephesians chapter 5? He says, not as fools, but as wise. So see then that you walk circumspectly, see then that you pay attention, see then that you are diligent in your steps that you are taking, not as fools, but as wise. It'd be a foolish thing not to remember those, those simple truths, wouldn't it? You know, a lion's favorite animal to hunt is an antelope. You know, lions are, are great at hiding, and they're patient as they hunt, and they will lay there for hours. But we also know antelopes, they're very fast, but they are not very smart. And they, do not, they don't learn from their mistakes, and, and a, lion, a herd of lions could be there waiting where the antelope are eating, and they could, they could attack one and take it for themselves, and the rest of the herd will flee, and, and no chance of a lion catching them. But within a few moments, the antelope think, you know what, that watering hole is pretty good, and they go right back to the same spot. Where the lions are waiting for them to come back again, returning like nothing happened. They did not learn from that mistake. But so often, we as Christians make 
a similar decision, don't we? We surround ourselves with that one thing that may tempt us. We fellowship with that one person that may lead us astray or cause us to act a certain way or say a certain thing we have no business saying. We know what the devil wants us to do. We understand he is deceitful and we are wicked. And we do not have to fall for the deception of Satan. We don't have to be ensnared in his traps. We don't have to yield to his devices. We do not have to walk his way. We don't have to find ourselves tricked by the deceitfulness that he will bring. We must walk circumspectly. Understand it, the temptation's coming. The, the, the lure is going to be there and avoid it. So as we desire tonight to be filled with the Spirit, the path to a spiritful life, first of all, is a cautious path. Second thing, it's an active path. It's an active path. Look there in verse 16. Redeeming the time because the days are evil. That word redeeming tonight means to, to buy up or to deliver from laws. And as he's referring to buying up that time, as he, when he's speaking of time, he's not just speaking of, of hours or seconds, he's speaking of an occasion or a season. So Paul isn't primarily here just having us keeping track of our, of our minutes on a weekly time chart, and even though it might be helpful for us to, to find out what kind of time we're putting into certain things that don't mean any, anything, but by using the word that he did, he's challenging us to do evaluation of how we are investing our days. But he's also having us look at, more importantly, and I believe the, the intention here was what we're doing with the opportunities that God is sending our way. The seasons that you are in right now. And as we look at our life in, in the, uh, with, an, with a view of eternity, we have a small season of time to do something. And, and understanding that tonight, if we're going to redeem the time, we need to make sure that that time isn't lost or wasted and make sure that it is used wisely for God. I believe this phrase is also just speaking of our relationship with the Lord, and the, the Lord has determined the season of your life. God knows exactly how many days, how many, how many years you have. And whatever it is that God has decided, we will not live one minute more, one minute less than the time that has been given by God. Job chapter 14, verse 5 says, Seeing his days are determined, the number of his months are with thee, thou hast appointed his bounds that he cannot pass. Another verse in Job, if a man dies, shall he live again? Uh, another verse in Psalms, Lord, make me to know mine end in the measure of my days what it is that I may know how frail I am. Another Psalm says, thou hast set a bound that they may not pass over, that they turn not again to cover the earth. There's only a certain amount of time given to each of us. A short window to live in the, live in the world. The book of James chapter 4 says our lives are but a vapor. So understanding tonight that we all have a season of life, a short amount of time, we need to make the most of every opportunity we are given to serve the Lord. So tonight I want to encourage you to take the time to pray. Redeem that time. Take the time to worship. Take the time to share the gospel with somebody. Take the time to live holy. Take the time to read your Bible. Take the time to honor God with every single step we take. And Paul is telling us that we need to focus on redeeming the time because the days are evil that we're living in. 
and, and there's, the, the, there, there's a lot of wicked, evil things going on in, in the world that we live in, live in is growing more and more in that direction with every kind of sin you could imagine. And, and God has placed us here to be a light in a world that is trapped by darkness. And, and as Christians, having the gift of God, understanding one that heaven is our home, we are his ambassadors and we have a responsibility to represent him while we're still here on earth in this window that we've been given. We need to redeem the time. He's given us a certain window of time to, to serve him and to walk for him and to bring glory to his name. So as we walk in the world that we live in, we need to recognize the evil around us, understanding that days are evil, and then understand there are opportunities in the evil world that we have to serve God with and redeem them to make our lives count for the glory of God. Because one day, every one of us are going to leave this world, whether it's by death or by the rapture. And, and as we look at our life tonight, and as we look at the time that we've been given, when it comes time for you to die, what kind of legacy are you leaving behind? What, kind, what, have, what have you done with the time, with the moments, with the seasons that God has given you? I, I want to do everything I can to buy up the opportunities that God has given me. I, I want, as a as a pastor, to, to know and to be able to, to, to understand every day that I have redeemed the time that God has given me. I want to know as a father with the time that I've been given with my children, the short season of life that I have with them in my home, that I've redeemed the time to be the influence and, and, and raising them up as God would have me to raise them. To influence them to love God and to, and to love other people. We can't be distracted. So often the time that we, the, th the things that we do with our time aren't bad things. The, the hobby horses we may get on or the things that we stand for aren't bad things. But are we possibly distracted by those things from doing what, are, what God really has for us to do? As we look at the beginning of this verse, that word redeemed, it, it's the same word they would have used to buy a slave in order to set that slave free. Saving it from loss. Right now, that time, that season is passing. And the moments you had earlier in this day, they are gone. Last week's no longer here. Those divine appointments that may have been right in front of you this last month are not there anymore. What are we doing with that? You know, we can either lose the time that's ahead of us and have it gone forever or... We can redeem that time and make it count for the glory of God. Now, this path to the spirit-filled life, it's a, it's a cautious path. It's an active path. And the last thing, it's a fixed path. There in verse 17, it says, Wherefore, be ye not unwise, but understanding what the will of the Lord is. Be ye not unwise, but understanding what the will of the Lord is. That word unwise refers to a person that thinks himself wise when he actually knows nothing. And there's, there's a warning here with that verse. It says, don't run through this world thinking your life has meaning when it doesn't. You know, if we're not careful, we can get off focus, can't we? 
Our calendar can be filled with all kinds of good things. Nothing that is sinful, nothing that is wrong, but things that do not count or make a difference in eternity. And as life goes, we end up many times just running around frantically from one thing to the next or one activity to the next, one, one meeting to the next, all while missing out on what really matters in this life and not redeeming the time that God has given us. Instead, it's, it's being wasted away on things that are not going to last. You know, God did not create us or save us to live like that. And, and he wants us to not do what it is we want to do or we feel we should do. He wants us to do his will. And instead of running through life busy and consumed with things that don't matter, he tells us to operate understanding what the will of the Lord is. So, so what can we do to understand the will of the Lord? What is the will of God? You know, God has a specific will for each of us. We understand that tonight. But there's three things we can know about the will of God. And, and the first thing we know about the will of God is that the will of God is always in line with the wisdom of God. We look there in verse 15. See then that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise. God's wisdom, his, his will will line up with the wisdom he has. So if we're doing something that we know God would not have us to do, that is against the wisdom of God or that is the ways of the world, we know that's not God's will. Second thing, this, and these two go together, the will of God is always in line with the word of God. Not just the wisdom God gives us through life experience and through spirit speaking through us, but it is always in line with the word of God. And, and if we want this, the spirit of God to fill us and control us, we don't have to wait on hunches or impulses when we're trying to make a decision. We can, we can fill our mind with the word of God. We, we can search the scriptures on, on certain matters and, and understanding the will of God will always line up with the word of God. So if we want to know tonight, if God would have me to do this or this or this, one thing we can do is measure it according to the Bible. And if it's contrary to the Bible, or if it puts us in a position to be contrary to the Bible, then we know that's not the will of God. We find the will of God in the principles that are taught in Scripture. We could look in Colossians chapter 3, verse 16, when it says, Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom. That word dwell richly, as, as we understand tonight, means to inhabit in abundance. I mean, to completely fill us, to be part of our heart, be part of our life. And, and the word of God cannot get into us if we are not getting into it. It's not going to be part of our life. It's not going to be leading us in life if, if we are not in, in the Bible. And when it gets in us, it will change us. You know, Paul wrote to Timothy in 2 Timothy chapter 2. He said, study to show thyself approved unto God. A workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. We also look in the Psalms, in Psalm chapter 119, where it says, Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. And so often we, we wonder and we worry about what it is God wants us to do, and when often the answer is in the Bible. That, that, word, that, word, that word dwell there in, in, in that verse means to, to be at home in. That the word of God is it inhabits us, it, it, it belongs there, it fits it should not feel out of place in our life. 
And understanding having the Word of God inhabiting us or, or being at home in us, we, we must, in order for that to be, be a possibility in our life, we need to read it, and then we need to meditate on it, and then we will understand it. And an understanding of it and a knowledge of it will help us live in obedience to it. You know, Oswald Chambers on this thought, he said, no one can be filled with the Spirit if he is neglecting the Word of God. So as a Christian tonight, if we truly desire for the Spirit of God to to lead us and to empower us to do what it is that God wants us to do, we can't expect that to happen if we're not reading our Bible. We can't be filled with the Spirit if we are neglecting what it is He's given us. The knowledge and the wisdom that He has for us through His Word and this, this path that, that we need to be on is a fixed path. The Bible doesn't change. God's will always lines up with God's wisdom. God's will always lines up with God's word. And God, the will of God always honors the Son of God. It lines up with his word. It lines up with his wisdom. And it always honors him. And we look here in verse 20. Of Ephesians 5, and it says, Giving thanks always for all things unto God and the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Though Jesus has been featured throughout this letter, this was written for Jesus. It's written for people to honor Jesus. It's written for people to serve Jesus. It's written for people to be led by Jesus and, and, and his spirit. The will of God always honors the Son of God. What are some things that Jesus has told us? or What are some things we have that have been instructed to us by God? One thing, we, just, we spoke about it a little bit on Sunday. Be ye holy, for I am holy. And if something we are doing, if we are wondering if it's the will of God or not, does it fit those qualifications? Or can, can we be holy in, in that situation or in that situation? If not, it's not the will of God. What about Revelation chapter 4 where it says, For thy pleasure they are and were created. Can I bring pleasure to God if I take this step in my life? Can I take pleasure in God if I'm walking this way in my life? What about Romans chapter 12 where it says, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that ye present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. Be not conformed to this world. If I, if I take this step in my life, or if I do this, or if I do this, or if I, I allow my kids to be part of this, is that conforming to the world, or is, or is that being a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable unto God? God's will is one that brings honor to him. And in, and in pleasing him, our life is one of consecration. It is, we are separating ourselves from a common use to a sacred use, one for God. And, and we understand tonight it's God's will that we live consecrated, sanctified lives. Look at 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. We're almost done here. It 
says there in 1 Thessalonians 4, verse 3, For this is the will of God, even your sanctification, that you should abstain from fornication, that every one of you should know how to possess his vessel in sanctification and honor. We know tonight that it's God's will that we possess purity from sin. We know that it's God's will tonight that we do not fall to the snares of the devil, that we do not fall to that temptation. And in doing that, we are living separate from the ways of the world, living pure, living pure lives. And by living pure lives, by doing those things, that is a way, that is a path to being filled with the Spirit. Now next week, we're going to look at verse 18. It says, and be not drunk with wine wherein is excess, but be filled with the Spirit. That's the end goal. And as Christians tonight, our, our desire, we, we want to see God do great things through us. We want to be able to reach people. We want to influence our children for right. We want to have the joy of God. We want to have his peace. We want to have his strength in the trials. There's all these things we desire God to do through us and for us in our life. But none of that's going to happen without the Spirit of God filling us. Those things will not happen. We are not going to live pleasing to God and, and, and do what it is each and every day He has us to do without His Spirit controlling us in our life. That's what we want. That's the destination. You know, I talked, spoke at the beginning of those different vacation spots that we may think of, and there's only really mostly one way to get to those places. You can find different routes, but you're heading that direction, right? Many of us tonight, we desire this, to have a spirit-filled walk, but not all of us are taking the same path with that desire, are we? We understand tonight we, we cannot have a spirit-filled life if we're not walking it with caution, if we're not actively doing what it is God wants us to do, redeeming the time, and if it's not fixed in his will. That is the path to the spirit-filled life. Every head bowed, every eye closed.